Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. It's about everyday tools for believers. And I know I spoke to quite a number of people after that service, because back then we could meet physically, and uh, quite a number of people told me how much it spoke to them. And many of those were people that had been believers for a long time. And yet they recognised how important it is that those tools become within our reach, that we don't have to go searching to try and find it, but they're things that are a part of our everyday life. Let's read Ephesians 4, verse 12. I'm reading from the New Living Translation and speaks about church leaders and says this, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing up in every way more and more like Christ who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Father, would you help us today in Jesus' name? Every single one of us, God, that is born again, that loves you, that follows you, there's parts of that, those verses that so resonate with us. In a world that wants to tell us what the ladder of success looks like, wants to take us away from a heart that pursues you, Lord, you remind us again of how important it is that we set you as our goal, that the most important thing in our life be that we look like Christ and that we grow to be that. We thank you for it. Pray today, Lord, you'll help us. Comfort those that need comfort. Strengthen those that need strength. Challenge those that need challenge. We give you alone all the praise and all of the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's about called and growing. And I want to introduce you again, like I did last week, to my youngest granddaughter. Well, Rhonda and I, it's our youngest one, to Sven and Ingler. It's their first grandchild. So let's just have a little peek at Sloane again, shall we? Can we just, here she is. That's Sloane as a part of Metro Church Online. It was such a brief video. Can we just run it again? I know you want to see it. Hi, Sloane, how are you? I know you're a part of the service today. Here we go. <laughs> there she is joining us at MetroChurch.online. And now, of course, you can see the happy birthday sign because she just turned one. And she has not yet discovered everything that she's capable of. One of her favourite things to do is this. Are you watching? This is what it looks like. <laughs> 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 
da, da. Everywhere she goes, it's da. She points at everything. And then she looks at you to see whether you are following the direction she's pointing at to make some comment about, oh, yes, that's a line. Oh, yes, that's a sign. Oh, yes, there's a dog, a wolf. We tell her it is or whatever. Uh, It may be in Swedish. I'm not quite sure. Uh, But it's one of her favourite things. She has not yet discovered writing. So for her at the moment, the finger is used for pointing. It's not used for writing or painting. She has not yet discovered the talent of walking, let alone running or skipping. Her vocabulary at the moment, maybe mum and dad might tell me something a bit different of that, but seems to me what I hear the most is da and wow. The other day I heard mummy, which uh, I know Amanda is claiming as mum, but whichever way it goes, you know, that's about the limits of her skill set at the moment. And yet give her a few years and she'll be doing every one of those things I just referred to. She'll be running, she'll be skipping, she'll be jumping, she'll be doing all of that, she'll be drawing, no doubt. She'll be reading and carrying on, doing all that stuff, and her vocabulary will grow in leaps and bounds. She'll be doing everything that she's capable of. But right now, she's as loved as she ever will, though all of those skills are limited in her life. She's very definitely chosen, and she's very definitely gifted, but she's meant to grow. Now, you and I, as followers of Christ, as a part of His family, as children of the Heavenly Father, we too are chosen and we too are gifted, but we are meant to grow. Here's a revelation for everybody. Grace does not mean stop. Grace does not mean park. Grace does not mean sit back and relax. Grace is the gift and the the presence of God that covers me while I grow. Your gifts are given to you by God. EFM is definitely going to help you discover because some of them are are so hidden, as it were. They're so unobvious. I've lost count of the number of people that have done EFM and that have come away with an entirely different perspective of who they are in Christ and how God has gifted them. Many people are obviously already are on the journey for that and I guess it underlines it for them. Others come away going, I didn't realise that was a strength in my life. That's one of the reasons we ask everyone in this church to go and do EFM. But grace doesn't mean stop. It means as As I go on the journey, my gifts are going to get developed. Now, before you go any further, because this message is not about pressure, it's about understanding that I'm called and chosen. Remember, called is relationship, chosen is about purpose. And the good news for all of us is, I don't have to have it all, I don't have to know it all, and I don't have to be able to do it all. Sloan right now doesn't know it all. She can't do it all. She doesn't have it all. And yet the the cold part, the relationship part, is not under any threat at all. It's not like her parents say, look, you've got six months to nail this or else. Uh, Rather, they love her no matter what. And they understand that every child develops at different rates in different ways. 
And so the grace of the parents cover the child as they grow. The parent doesn't rebuke the child if they're incapable. Oh, how could you dare fall over? No, rather that grace of the parent, of the mum and the dad covers them in the same way. I thank God that I'm not everything I'm meant to be, but I'm grateful to God that I'm a lot more than I used to be. You may not yet be everything. Come on. Whether that's in the area of your character, whether that's in the area of your gifting, in the area of your expression of of what God has called and gifted you to do, you're probably not there yet. I'm not. But if you're not there yet, understand this. God's grace will cover me as I continue to grow. How many of you here can remember learning to drive? I do. I remember learning to drive. Now, uh, I grew up in the out in the outback, if you like, of Australia, where things are done a little bit differently. Let me just, not quite sure what I should confess on air. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think I can get away with saying this. I remember first learning to steer a car when I was 12, sitting on my dad's lap. I'm, uh, I, look, they were different times, folks. And I'm just going to leave that one right there. Uh, however, I won't tell you about it. No, I'm just not going to go there for some of them there. But I remember the first time ever at the age of 17, which is when you could get your learner's permit in Australia. I remember the first time getting to drive a manual car. That is one where you had to change gears. And because we drive on the left-hand side of the road and so the steering wheel's on the right, so you're changing gears with your left hand. And there was the brake and the clutch and the accelerator. And I'm kind of going, okay, I've got to get all this done. And here in Australia, we have a term for it. We call the learners experienced kangaroo hops. I don't know what you call it in other countries, but it's kangaroo hops here. And the reason we call that is because this is what it looks like when you're learning to drive. You know, the car lurches forward a couple of metres at a time because you're just getting the hang of doing the whole thing. And then, lo and behold, you come up to a corner and you've got to put the brake. How many people here remember just putting your foot on the brakes in a sudden show of, I've got to stop! And forgetting you had to put the foot on the clutch as well. And so I see, thank you, God bless you. I see hands going up of the team that are here, of people who stalled the car. You know what it's like. You've been behind somebody who had the big L on. Don't we all want to avoid them? Because we go, we, we know, we know, we know they're going to go slow and they're a bit dangerous to be around. You know, you know how nervous you were, but I also know how nervous it is if you're the person in the passenger seat of someone who's doing that. And you know, you probably wondered if you were ever going to be able to master it. I know some people that are close to me who, let's just say, they took a number of goes to get their license, and uh, you know, no, no mention of who, but uh, you know, they took a while to get it. Why? Because They were so nervous about having to remember to do it all. And yet now those same people drive around, I'd I'd say oblivious, but I hope they're not. But they just go around, it's just second nature. I drove here today and not once did I think about, 
you know, having to put my foot in the accelerator or the brake or even the indicators. I use them appropriately, of course, legally at every appropriate moment. I stuck to the speed limit. How many people can just say, thank you, Lord, for inventing, uh, you know, speed control? You know, uh, you know what, what do we call that? You know, cruise control. Amen. I think the only thing greater than cruise control is heated seats. And uh, I just thank God for all of that there. So I know that I drove you well, but if you were asking me, was that a part of my conscious thinking? Well, actually, no, a lot of it wasn't. But you know, if I'd never done, listen to me, if I'd never done the hard bits in the beginning of learning, I would not have been able to drive as fluently and as fluidly and as easily as I did today. The reality is that we don't grow in the easy things. None of us do. Walking is not easy for a child that's trying to develop coordination. Running's not easy. Riding a bike, remember the first time you may have tried that? Hitting a, a ball with a bat. Well, all these things are difficult when we start, but as we continue to grow, those hard things become easier. See, I want you to understand something that the hard places you're in right now are either going to be the places of your greatest growth or else they're going to be the places of your greatest groaning. Psalm 4 verse 1 in the message version says this, When I call, give me answers, God. Take my side. Once in a tight place, you gave me room. Now I'm in trouble again. Grace me. Hear me. The psalmist cries out to God. When you're in a difficult season, you have to take the mentality that says, I'm going to grow my way out of this place. I wrote this down this morning because it popped into my heart as I was thinking through some of the challenges that as a leader I have to deal with. And I thought to myself, because, you know, the trouble with preaching is that before anybody else hears it, you have to internalise it. You've got to let it apply to you. And you know, we're either going to grow through our seasons or we will groan through our seasons. And I don't know about you, but I've made the commitment in my life from many, many years ago that no matter what season comes my way, I'm going to grow through it, not groan through it. Jeremiah 48 verse 11, speaking about Moab, a whole nation, and it's interesting what it says. It says, Moab has been at ease from his youth, not from his childhood. What it says is this, is that Moab as a people grew like every child does. But when they got into the years where growth slows down, they stopped growing. Moab has been at ease from his youth. He's not been poured from vessel to vessel. It says, and then if you read on in Jeremiah 48, it says, therefore, Moab is going to encounter crisis in his world and in his life. Did you get that? See, Moab was growing, but then he stopped growing. The reality is that all the things that really matter in your life, all the things of great value require growth. Everything that's truly important in your world requires growth. Think about it a minute. 
Relationships, are they important? Well, obviously they are. But every relationship requires growth. Saying I do to somebody, saying yes, you're going to be my spouse, my husband, my wife. Can I say to you that saying I do doesn't mean, okay, now I've arrived and I stop. You'll have to continue to grow. That job that you began and when you got there, you didn't know anything and you were so keen to learn. How sad it is that some people, after they've been there a while, they stop growing. How sad it is that some people, when they first come to Christ, they can't get enough of the Word. They can't get enough of fellowship. They can't get enough of gathering together. They can't get enough of prayer. They want to try it. They'll pray for anything. And then after they've been a Christian a while, cynicism and familiarity steps in and those Sometimes those people get to the point where they stop growing in their life. Think about your gifts. I don't care how good you are. Every, every champion, no matter what their sport, every champion continues to work on it. I've got a young man that I know. I know his family quite well. And he's recently been selected in the Olympic team, going to represent Australia. But I know that what you look at when he stands on that Olympic uh, platform I know that what you see is a moment, but I know what his family have observed has been years of growing a gift. There's no doubt that he's talented as an athlete. There's no doubt that there's a gift there for him. But, you know, he had to grow that. He didn't just kind of get there one day and go, hey, guess what? I'm amazing at this. He had to grow. Think about wisdom. Is there anybody here who would say, you know what? I've got all the wisdom I'm ever going to need for all my life. Well, if you think like that, you obviously aren't wise and you need to grow a bit more. Because the reality is there isn't any of us. I think about Solomon who had a supernatural gift of wisdom. And yet at the end of his life, he was about one of the most stupid humans going. I wonder if that's because Solomon got a gift from God, but he stopped growing the gift. He stopped putting God first and allowing that to grow in his life. Think about character. Is there anybody here who'd raise their hand and say, you know what, I'm, I'm as good as I'm ever going to get. You know, I, I've got rid of all those obvious sins. Now, nah, man, now I'm good. I'm just going to cruise. I don't know about you, but I find the Holy Spirit, He just never gives up on my character. He never ever says, good enough. That's as good as we're going to get out of Jeff. Let's just leave him be. I don't know about you, and that, seriously, that's one of the things that I love about the Holy Spirit is He doesn't kind of go, it's okay, forget about it. He keeps on working on us. It's okay not to be there if you're growing on the way in any one of those areas. It's okay not to know it all. It's okay not to be uh, always successful. It's okay not to be wise about everything. It's okay to have stumbles in your relationships if your response is, I'm going to grow my way out of this season. I'm going to grow my way through this. I'm going to come out of this bigger, not better. Uh, sorry, bigger and better, not smaller and better. I'm going to come out of this stronger, not weaker. I'm going to learn something in the middle of this church. Come on. What is the challenge, the biggest challenge in your life right now? What are the things that weigh most heavily on your heart? Is it something about your world around about you and you go, I, don't, I, I can't solve that, I can't fix it, but you can grow. Let's finish this morning.
by looking at Psalm 23. I love this psalm. It was my favourite during a very difficult valley that I walked through many, many years ago. And I still love it. I think about it, I'm sure, a couple of times every week. We love it. It's on, some people have it up on a plaque on a bedroom wall or on a, you know, somewhere in the home. It's that kind of a psalm that everyone just goes, oh, that's beautiful. But it's actually not a psalm about resting and about stopping. Listen to it. Psalm 23 begins, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And you know, every part of verse 1, 2 and 3 tells me that there's this wonderful place where there's the comfort of the green pastures, the serenity of the still waters. Everything's going so beautiful and well in this person's life. And then out of nowhere, it seems, verse 4 rises up. Verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I love that, that verse. I love that it doesn't tell us why the psalmist is there. Was it their fault? Was it someone else's fault? Was it something they could have prevented? Or was it something that is completely out of their control? It doesn't address that why. Because the most important thing in a trial is not what puts you there. It's the way out of there. It's not about whose fault it was that you're where you are. It's about you saying, God, I'm going to grow. I'm not going to fear while I'm in this because you're with me. That's the most important thing that anybody will ever have in their life. God, you're with me in the middle of this. You're with me. If he's with you, then you can walk through anything because he's with you. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So he's enjoying the comfort, but then trouble strikes. But this psalm goes on, verse 5 and 6, and says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. He's speaking about the future, about what lies ahead. He's not there yet, remember. He's still in the valley of the shadow of death. But he's looking up ahead, saying, God, I know you're preparing a table before me. You're going to anoint my head with oil. My cup will run over right now. I don't even have a cup. Surely goodness and mercy, verse 6, shall follow me all the days of my life. He's in the valley of the shadow of death. She's in a desolate place. But she says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, if you're in a verse 4, then listen to the psalmist. Hold on to the word. Hold on to the promise and grow to become the conqueror in verse 5 and verse 6. Let God build your life. Let God do something supernatural in you that helps you go, oh, I pray you'll be a growing kind of a person. If you're back there in verse 1, 2, and 3, and everything around about you is sweet, as we like to say, it's comfortable, it's easy, it's enjoyable, life's pretty good, would you make sure that in your heart you go, you know, God, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to keep growing if I'm here. I'm going to learn while I'm here how to grow. Because, God, I want more than simply the comfort of green pastures. I want more than the serenity of still waters. I want more than a restored soul. 
I want more just to be led in righteousness. God, I want to be the kind of person who has a table with every enemy subdued around about it. I want to have an overflow of anointing. I want to have this in my life so that I can not only be blessed, but I can be a blessing for the life of others. Whatever season you're in, is it a good one? Tell God I'm ready to grow. Is it a tough one? Say, God, would you help me grow? I want to pray with people this morning. Some of you right now, the biggest area of growth in your life is in your, your family, in your relationships. Maybe it's in the workplace. There's someone there that's difficult and you're finding it hard to, to even go to work. But why don't you decide today, God, would you teach me? You know, the book of Isaiah talks about that in a difficult place, the voice of the teacher appears. I've discovered the voice of the teacher appears to them that are ready to listen and obey. I pray that you'll be one of those. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone that's a part of this service. Every one of us needs to grow. Some of us, God, we're in a great place right now and things are good, but our heart, God, is would you help us grow even more? Lord, we would like our cup to overflow so that we can be a blessing. We'd like the anointing on our life to increase so that, Lord, we could influence even more people. But Father, I pray as well for those who are in the difficult place. They're in verse 4 right now. Feels like the valley of the shadow of death and that they're alone in that place. But God, they're not alone because you're with them. God, would, I, would you help them to not just go through the valley? Would you help them grow through the valley in Jesus' name? Holy Spirit, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, if you were to ask most Christians, what's the best thing about being a Christian? I've, I've asked people that. Never had one ever answer and say, oh, it's because God did this miracle for me. Even though I've seen Him do so many. Many people have experienced God's miraculous power in just every area of life, in their business life, in their physical life, in their emotional and mental life. The answer I've heard the most from people when I said, what's the greatest thing about being born again, about having Jesus in your life? They'll say this, God is with me. He's there. He wants to be there for every human on planet Earth. There is not a person on the Earth, regardless of their background, be it good or evil. There is not a person so broken. There is not a person so sinful. Many of the people that came to Jesus were people that had committed terrible sins. The Roman centurion that came and said, Lord, would you heal my servant? He was a part of an oppressing army. He was a part of the overlords of that day who were incredibly cruel. I've got no doubt this man had done some things that were terrible and yet Jesus received him and I believe he'll receive you no matter who you are. You might say, Jeff, I don't need God because, hey, you know, I've been pretty good. But I'd say, you know what? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God.
the Bible tells us that eternity is not, uh, not a, a place that is reserved for the good, but it's a place that's reserved for the saved. And if you want to say yes to Jesus today, oh, I pray you will. Right now, if you're a Metro Church online, the Say Yes to Jesus button has just popped up there for you and you can click on that button. You can say your yes to Christ. If you're with us uh, on YouTube or on one of the other platforms, you can do it one of two ways. You can either do it if you're in Australia via the dedicated number of 0488-826-392. You can go to that and we would love you to be able to say yes to Christ. You can go to yes.metrochurch.org.au and again, we would love to help you learn how to follow Christ. We'd love to help you grow in Jesus. It'll be the beginning of something amazing in your life. God bless you as you say yes to Christ. God bless you as you start an amazing journey, letting Jesus be Lord of your life, the leader of your soul, the one who will restore and take you on to all that He's got for you in Jesus' name. Team, why don't you come? Thank you, Tessie. Come and we're going to sing this beautiful song, Peace, one more time. And that's going to be our prayer over your life. That's going to be our prayer over your home and over your business. We're praying that God's peace will flood your heart, your mind, your soul, your life today in Jesus' name. God bless. Hey, hope I see you somewhere soon. Thank you. you. Thank you so much for being a part of this great service today. Don't forget, Live at 5 kicks off. That's 5 per time, of course, whatever time zone it is where you are. And uh, thank you so much, Stephanie Ruiz in Colombia. Thank you for joining with us. Uh, some of the family there in Indonesia, the Philippines, India, all around. But thank you all those that are in Perth as well this morning. I hope I see you here next Sunday. Great communion service next Sunday morning. Look forward to be able to greet you and say a big hi.